When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's chief football writer, Scott McDermott. And since we're in the middle of the transfer window, I'm delighted to welcome the signing of the summer. (laughs) (laughs) No fee, Andrew Newport makes a switch from Press Association to the Daily Record uh, regular listeners will uh, be familiar with Andrew, uh, who's on here regularly. Uh, I'm going to get my Sunday name here, eh? Uh, oh, <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andrew, whatever it is, whatever you prefer. Uh, he's a regular on here, but now that's made a permanent move to the sports team on the Daily Record. So welcome aboard and all the best. Andy, how are you? I'm very well, mate. Still waiting for my, my signing on fee right enough, but... Big money. Big money move. Big money move. Oh, I, think the, I think my agent took most of it, so. Aye, the masses. Very true, very true. Anyway, it's a huge coup for the Daily Record. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, was there there's a, so many cobs after it. That's what I was going to say. Was there a battle for your signature? Uh, I, th- I think it was an emergency, 11th hour signing to fill, a, fill an injury vacancy. So. <laughs> okay. But you'll enhance the squad, definitely you'll enhance the squad. <laughs> and, and, but a bit of a blow because your first sort of assignment should have been Blackpool. You should have been down there with a the kiss me quick hat on today, shouldn't you? I should be currently on a train heading towards Preston. Is that right? Yeah, it's going to be a half past nine train, but uh, right, okay, but I'll keep it in sunny Paisley instead. So, you can right. still go, Andy. I think the Rangers fans are still having a party down there. The club of the advice, strongly advised punters to stay at home, and <laughs> I, I was following their, their wise advice. Okay, so instead of a wee trip to the seaside, you're stuck in your kitchen or your living room or wherever it is. Um, and so your trip abroad or your trip outside of um, outside of Scotland will have to wait. Um, could it be Malmo or Helsinki after the Champions League draw on Monday? Or would restrictions not even allow you to go to either of the countries? I think, well, I think I've only looked at Sweden so far based on the, presuming that Malmo will be favourites to go through from that tie. And I think the... The amber list, so uh, you would require double vaccination to avoid the quarantine on the way back. And I think there's also restrictions, quarantine restrictions going into Sweden as well, because I don't think we're in their green list, the UK that is. So I think it'll be quite a difficult trip for the punters to, to get to unless they're double vaccinated and prepared to, you know, perhaps go a wee bit earlier over to, to Sweden. I've not, I've not looked at Helsinki, I don't think... Um, I don't think they're looking too clever either in terms of getting fans from the UK in over there. So maybe they need to be part of the expats. 
that's a real that's a real shame, Andy, because I can say for experience that Malmo undoubtedly one of the best places I've ever been on a on a trip. So so what you're saying is you've joined the Daily Record at the worst possible time, Andy. <laughs> 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 that point has been made to me. So. Uh, on a serious note, it was a big day for the club on Monday to be back in the Champions League draw. The first time in 10 years, as we know. I read your piece in the record the other day about how it's come full circle because the last time they were in the draw, of course, they were paired with Malmo and went out. It was a bit of a disaster over the two legs. Um, but how do you feel they'd fare this time around? I mean, I mean, looking at, you know, going back to that game, as you say, I mean, it was, you know, it was at a time when you know, alarm bells were starting to ring about the way Craig White was running the club. I don't think anyone really foresaw just how disastrously his reign would go. But, I mean... If you remember back to that time, there'd been a summer where Rangers have been linked with numerous players. Um, David Goodwillie, I think, was was the sort of big the big target that summer. Just none of them seemed to get over. I think it was was it Juan Ortiz seemed to be the only sort of signing that came in, and um, you know, so they got off to a really bad start at Ibrox, losing one 0 Go over to Malmo for the second leg. I remember watching that game, and you know, Yelovic put them in front, and you think, well. They might just be able to sort of, you know, rescue this act. Um, still had the sort of, you know, a lot of the sort of old campaigners that had got them in the Champions League stages a couple of years before. Um, but, you know, just things obviously fell apart. Yeah, a couple of red cards for, for Stephen Whitaker and, and Maggie Bagheera. Um And it just, you know, it was a, I sort of wrote my piece, it was a sliding doors moment because if they'd banked the 20 million quid, they would have had another round to get through if they'd, if they'd beat Malmo. But, Mm-hmm. Um, if they banked twenty million quid, just who knows what that might have done for the the club's outlook at that stage when when things seem to be sort of piling up. The financial worries were piling up um, under Craig White's tenure, um, and then obviously looking ahead to this time, I mean, it is there is. I mean, Rangers have sort of buried a lot of ghosts over the last couple of years, um, and it would be nice, I suppose, for Stephen Gerrard's team if they could, for the supporters that is, to 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 see their team, you know, put one over Malmo and. You know, take an ex- another step back towards getting to where they want to be, which is the, the Champions League group stages, obviously. Yeah, because I seem to remember actually, I'm sure shortly after that, um, I don't know, because they, they went out to Maribor, didn't they, in the yeah, Europa League, League when yeah. they dropped into that? I don't know if it was after the Malmo game and after the Maribor game. I do remember Craig White holding a sort of press conference because it was crisis time and all that. And he tried to blame the fact they'd gone out of Europe, you know, to. You know, they had to fill this hole because they failed to get any kind of money. But it was obviously just, although it was a blow, it was def- it was clearly just deflecting and trying to shift the blame onto Alan McCoy at the time as if mm-hmm. this is your fault that we're in this position, you know, because we're so skint. Of course, the problems ran much deeper than just getting out of Europe uh, at the time. But, Scott, um, when you look at the, you know, whether it's, I mean, Malmo will be favourites. Um, Malmo will also be favourites. They're sitting 12 games into their league season, aren't they? And they're top yeah. of the league just now with eight wins, two draws and two defeats from their opening matches. You know, when the draw came out and I was looking at some of the reaction, because of Rangers doing so well in Europe against big names, you know, a lot of people seem to be saying, we'll take care of them. You know, they seem very confident. I, Are you confident or is the is the fact that they are, I, you know... No, I'm relatively confident, but I, I think you're right, Gav. I think there has been a wee bit of overconfidence just when you look at some of the 
the kind of social media reaction to the draw. Um, of course, that's born from Rangers being champions again the season they had last year, and obviously Steven Gerrard's results in Europe pretty much since he since he came in the door. But uh, I do think if it is Malmo, and I've only really focused on Malmo because I, I fancy them strongly to beat Helsinki, but mm-hmm. I think Malmo will be a tough test for for Rangers. I think they've got some decent players. Uh, like Satoyvan and Christensen and people like that, uh, you know, top-level players certainly have been previously in their careers. They can cause you problems. So hmm, um, I don't know that one. I th- hang on. I think uh, I think Malmo could cause Rangers Rangers a problem. And as much as Rangers have been you know, terrific in Europe, obviously the last couple of years. Somebody made a good point to me the other day where the, the last few years Rangers have had this kind of build-up of qualifiers. You know, they've had like two or three games to work themselves into it, get into that sort of rhythm yeah, and build up to that kind of you know, big playoff game or whatever. But that's a bit different this time because you know, they're getting in a bit later, they're, they're champions and you know, there is a danger that this Malmo game might might catch them, uh, might catch them a wee bit cold. Um yeah. So I don't think there's any room for any room for complacency at all. I think it'll be a difficult a difficult tie for Rangers and Malmo, as you touched on. I mean, it feels like they've been the kind of scourge of Scottish teams over the years. Rangers, Celtic, Hibs, yeah. all had major major problems against them. Um, I've been there. I think I went there before Malmo played Celtic and you know, when they've got a, I don't know what the issue, uh, what the situation is over there. With, Fans inside stadiums just now, but when there's a full house, it, no, it's a difficult place to go and get a go and get a result. So, despite Rangers' kind of recent record in Europe, I think it's going to be a, a really difficult tie if it is Malmo, which which I fully expect it to be. Yeah, Andy Scott touches on the European thing there and about you know the first you know certainly the first season when Rangers had to come through four qualifiers, it was all about sort of defying the odds. There wasn't that much expectation. Do you think this is going to be the big thing for Rangers this season in Europe, but also like just domestically, just that whole change where now you're expected, you know, they've now created this expectation, whether it's Europe, you know, that whole thing about, you know, being the hunter or the one that's being hunted, it changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, Stephen Gerrard said that a few weeks ago, that they've now, there's a team that's now got a target in their back. Yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a change of mentality. What I'll say, I mean, you know, from pretty much, you know, September on last year, October mm-hmm. on, whenever the first double thumb game was, Rangers have been, you know, the front runners, certainly yeah. domestically anyway. So they have, you know, they've had to deal with that kind of pressure all throughout last season. So it won't be something that's totally alien to them. They, they, they'll have experienced what it's like to be in front and to have to respond. I mean, you remember back to, I think it was December time last year after they'd been knocked out of the League Cup by St Mirren. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a first sort of slight wobble that the team had had uh, mm-hmm. the whole campaign. Um, they were under a wee bit of pressure in that Motherwell game just because of the way that they'd always seemed to collapse around the Christmas period, the, the two seasons yeah. before. Uh, they found themselves a uh, goal down early at Motherwell and, you know, against the Motherwell team that were playing without a striker and were just determined to sit in and, you know, not give them the space that Rangers are so dangerous once they, they can exploit. And um, to be fair to them, they, they came up with the answer. Yeah. And then they've marched on and they, they, they haven't had that, you know, mental 
weakness that perhaps some of us have speculated on and, and, and worried about um, previous campaigns. So they've looked pretty firm. It's going to be another step up going into, going into Europe. I mean, they handled themselves pretty well in Europe last season. Not always favourites. Um, the underdog thing seemed to, seemed to work in their favour. I think Stephen Gerrard spoke about the fact that in the past that they're probably best when, when teams, you know, underestimate them a wee bit and that, that's going to be different now going into this Malmo game I don't think there's any doubt that Rangers are the, the favourites um, even though that you know Malmo I think they're 14-15 games into their, their season Europe and domestic um, I, I agree with Scott I mean I, I don't think it's a total gimme but I think there's certainly aspects about them that can be exploited I mean I think that they've only kept three clean sheets this whole season so far which you know when you look at the way Rangers' defence operated last season, the records that they sort of ran up um, would give certainly some room for encouragement. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's a tough test, but and, you know, I suppose I think also what Stephen Gerrard said about his team last year was that they were at their best when it was, you know, you know games, you know, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and you know it was big tests, and you know they'll have the advantage of playing some a pretty decent, even with the Black Bull game being called off, some it's a pretty decent. You know, pre-season build-up. You know, there's obviously two games this weekend, and they've got the Livingston game. I'd like to think that that would be enough to make sure that the team is pretty much up and running by the time Malmo come around. I would, I would still fancy Rangers to get through. Give you no, know, even if it is Malmo, but I just think it will be. I think it will be a different test, as I said, just as you know, as I said earlier, just with that first game coming round, you no know, build up of qualifiers and you're talking about expectation levels. I think fans coming back add to that as well. You no, know, I think that'll be a, a different dynamic. I mean the club are hoping that for the, the second leg at Ibrooks in the European tie there'll be a full uh, it'll be full capacity. So that'll bring you know, that'll bring expectation and a bit of pressure that maybe that maybe wasn't there at times yeah. last season. I'm just intrigued so it's also a big financial there's a, bit, there's a lot of finance in the line oh, yeah. in this game. I mean, not just qualifying for the Champions League. I think they've even increased the Europa League entry uh, mm. qualification fee. So if Rangers get through this round, mm. they'll be guaranteed to, to qualify for the Europa League playoffs. I think the money's went up to about three and a half million, about seven, eight million, something like that. So not not guaranteed if they get through this round, is it? I think if they get through the Champions League third qualifying round into the Champions League playoff and they lose that, they'll be guaranteed into the Europa League playoffs. And there's been an increase in the cash available to teams not only qualifying for the Champions League but also for the Europa League. So, you know, one way or another, I mean, I think one way or another, Rangers will be playing European football until Christmas with this new Conference League coming up. But about every game that Rangers can get through, the yeah. financial rewards just yeah. grow and grow even more so than, than last season. No, no, Scott. I mean, I'm just intrigued about the whole mentality thing because, and I know we spoke about it last season, but I'm just wondering how crucial it is to bring in guys like Lundstrom and Sakala because so many, so much of what Rangers achieved last season was a build-up of three years with a core group of players who achieved the goal, Goldson, Tavernier, McGregor, Arfield, you know, all these guys, you know, and, and when, when you achieve it, and we spoke about it last season, when they get that, you know, 
it's lifting yourself again to to motivate. So how important is it that you know to re-energize and freshen it up? And I mean, I see you know Steve Gerrard was talking after the Arsenal game about you know mixing up the formation and things like that, just to change and freshen everything up because the same system and the same personnel have served them so well. But yeah, you've got to move it around, haven't you? Yeah, that that, that is crucial. But it's about, it's about finding the balance because Gerrard mm-hmm. has spoken since he came in about. No, there was big changes at the beginning, but ultimately he wanted to build that core and get Rangers to a point where each season they only had to add no two or three. It was just tinkering with it and just increasing the no the quality levels each year. And to be fair, I think he's achieved that and he's got them to, to that point. So you're right; they, they do need to no, you need to freshen up every season. I think mm-hmm. and the likes of Lundstrom and Sakala look as if they've got the kind of quality and the mentality. That's, that's going to do that. Obviously, we don't know as yet. No, we, we have a lot of time left in the transfer window. Who might leave Rangers? Not to get a better kind of picture mm. of what the squad looks like. But you touched on motivation there, and I think that that is a big thing because you, know, you would never doubt the men- or certainly now you would never doubt the mentality of guys like McGregor and Goldson and Davis and mm. people like that, and, and, and even Tavernier um, with what they achieved last season, but. When, when you, you fight so hard yeah. you know, for two or three years to get to that point, to finally yeah. get to the summit, yeah. it can be difficult to then, then go again. So no, I, know. Uh, I, yeah. I think mentally that will be the, that will be the test for them. Um, yeah. I, suppose I suppose that's where the Champions League does help because that is something new. No, and it is an, another target and it is something to go something yeah. for. And you would like to think these guys... Even the older guys like your McGregor's and Davis, they, they yeah. want enough that at that at that level. So that that should be enough motivation for them. But I do take your point. I think it is. I think when you're you know, you're chasing that goal of being yeah. champions, you no, know, it is it, it's relentless. And then when you yeah. fight to get there, yeah. you know, well, it's only natural, but I mean, Andy, have you spotted him? I mean, I know that after the Tranmere game, you know, Stephen Gerrard was, you know, talking about week and use some language. He was obviously giving his players a wee, a wee reminder and a wee rocket just early on. But and there's only been a couple of games. Obviously, it's a disappointment. The Blackpool game has been cancelled because pre-season's meticulously planned, so you've got a certain amount of games and get minutes into legs, but. I mean, when you look at the Tranmere and the Arsenal game, the Arsenal game is probably different because they got a good result. But the Tranmere game was it just? Uh, I mean, was it just one of those games? Could you get those results in pre-season, or or is there more to it? Is uh, is the hunger? Has any of the hunger gone? I I, I just never look too much into pre-season. I mean, I just think it's one of those ones where all the guys, you know. You heard it even before the, the Thistle game where they'd done a double session the day before. I mean, guys mm. probably, you know, leggy, you know, knackered. They've been doing you know, a lot of running. Uh, that's what pre-season is about. It's about getting mm. the miles in, under the, the belt to make sure that when the, the season proper kicks off that you're, you're absolutely flying. Um, yes, yeah, Stephen Gerrard, you know, he aimed a wee sort of rocket up the backside there. But I, I think that's what Stephen Gerrard's done well throughout his time at, at Rangers. It's the, mm. He's been able to... You know, give the guys a wee jag when they need it to not, to ensure that standards don't slip. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even the fact that you know the first couple of seasons didn't go the way that the fact he was able to keep the guys on side. You know, he didn't lose the dressing room or those sort of things. You know, 
which, which can happen, you know, if you don't get that success instantly that you're craving, especially at a club like Rangers. So, no, I wouldn't look too much in it. I think, you know, there was enough to be seen from the game against Arsenal at the weekend mm-hmm. against a really top-class opposition. Uh, I know Arsenal haven't had the greatest uh, time recently, but in the day, Premier League opposition is a, is a step up from what Rangers will be facing week in, week out, and mm-hmm. I think they acquitted themselves quite well. Um, I th- you know, I, th- I think there's enough to be encouraged about. You know, so they've got two more games this this weekend to to sort of blow the, the sort of rust off and the cobwebs off and get themselves ready ready for Livingston. But you know, in the day, you know, if Rangers can, you know, they still get three or four guys to come back for international duty from injury. I mean, once Rangers are up to to full speed again, um, I would fully expect them to sort of kick on from where they, they left off last year. Yeah, and the interesting thing from the Arsenal game, Scott, was uh, fitting in Patterson and Tavernier for that spell into the same team. That was a question last season, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. you never had much of a chance when they were both because Patterson came in when Tavernier was injured and then, uh, then then Tavernier maybe come back and Patterson was obviously suspended. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that works going forward. What did you think? Were you excited by it or what? No, really, Gav, if no. I'm honest. I mean, I, I think it's been a bit overblown, to be honest. I mean, I know Stephen Gerrard probably didn't help himself by, by talking about it post-match yeah. and uh-huh. not mentioning, no, maybe a change in formation. That I might be wrong, but I mean, I don't expect to see Tavernier and Patterson in the same Rangers team that much this no. season. Um, no, I mean, first of all, I, don't, I, I, I accept that Gerrard will... No, any manager will want to have a few different systems and formations up his up his sleeve. I think he's right. No, three years in playing with that, no, the same system by and large. No, I think you do need to kind of tinker with it, and people do become kind of wise to it. You need to show a real, you know, a real kind of flexibility if you're going to progress. I, I get all that, but I don't expect drastic changes to the way Rangers have been playing in the last few years. I think what Gerard was maybe alluding to you know, when he mentioned the kind of four one four one. I mean, that's the only way I would really see Patterson Tavernier fitting into a, a Rangers team in that in that system. And even then, I would expect that maybe in you no know, very difficult say away games. And I'm talking maybe if you do get into Champions League group stages and you need to go away from home to like a Bayern Munich or a PSG or whatever, I mean, it could be any of these teams, mm-hmm. then of course Rangers would need to be more defensively uh, minded. And in situations like that, I could see both of the, the fullbacks playing. I'm no buying that, no, we all due respect, at home to St Mirren or at home to uh, Ross County or whatever, you're going to see Patterson and Tavernier on the same team. I just don't think... It, I don't think it would work. I don't think. I think both of them are attacking fullbacks. I know Tavernier has been mentioned as being a, a midfielder, but even in that post-match um, interview with Gerard, he admitted himself that he's no his qualities aren't no he's back to goal or receiving the ball in a half turn centrally and stuff like that. So I know a lot's been made. I understand why. I can see punters. I see why punters would think you know two really good players get can we get them in the same team, but. Well, Rangers have got enough good attacking players to play on that side. Um, no natural wide men, guys that can come inside like Hadji and, and Kent, just to name a, a couple. So it's been slightly overblown for me. I, I, I don't think you'll see it too much. Where I see that situation is Tavernier obviously been first choice 
as he has been. But I do think Patterson will play more. I said it towards the end of last season. I expect Nathan Patterson this season to progress his career by playing between 10 and 15 starts for Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously coming off the bench or coming in when Tav- Tavernier's injured or suspended or, or whatever. But I think that would be real progression. I, I think I said last season that I would look at maybe League Cup ties or home games against kind of bottom six opposition that that's when you want to give Patterson some some minutes I don't see Tavernier playing the amount of games or the amount of minutes across all competitions as he has done the last the last few years I think if Rangers can get Patterson to that point this season you know, that will show another progression in his game I get that he's ready to come in but he's got a tough guy to dislodge and you know, if, if he wants in he's going to need to show that he's better than Tavernier and that's a great challenge for a for a young kid, and I hope I hope he does it because I do want to see him play more. But in terms of the two of them in the same team at the at the same time, I'm no I'm not really buying it. I think um, more than seeing Tav pushed into a midfield role, I think they would look at going another way and perhaps you know trying out a, a back three and maybe looking at the same sort of system that obviously Scotland use with with Tierney and Robertson. You get you know. You know, perhaps Tavernier slotting into a sort of right centre half, Patterson at right wing back, and both yeah. of them have sort of license to ball on. You know, Tavernier sort of yeah, maybe go yeah, 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 just you know, just you know, making use of both of their, their ability yeah. to pace and physicality, get down that right hand side and and sort of dovetail against each other. But I mean, I, I do take Stephen Gerrard's point as well, though that you know they've been strictly four three three pretty much ever since he's come in and. They do need to sort of look at other ways of sort of lining up just because teams are going to get wise to this. I mean, they've had two years, three years of being able to sort of have a look at and work out where Rangers' strengths come. There's no surprises left anymore. So I think there is an aspect that they do need to come up with something yeah. a bit new and a bit fresh just to keep opposition teams on their toes. Yeah, but surely the back line's not one he's going to tinker with much. I mean, that's where, I mean, I know you're talking about fitting the two of them in maybe with, with a three to stroke five at the back, but I mean, when the, when the, when the defence was the big thing last season, you know, it's like, it's dangerous to start. Yeah, I, I think you can get away with it. I mean, if you can go with, you know, a back three mm-hmm. at home, you know, you're saying Scott not wanting to play against, you know, like your Ross Counties or uh, St. Byrne at home. Well, I mean, if you can stick three at the back, but really have, you know, one of them's bombing on as well. I mean, and it gives you an extra man in midfield, perhaps allows you to get another man up, up top as well, then, you know, that might be another way. You know, Celtic have done that, you know, previously under Brendan Rodgers. There's another way of getting bodies into midfield and bodies up front. You know, make, you know it, may, it might just give you the, the, another key to unlock these sort of stuffy defences. Listen, I agree. As I said earlier, I think you do need to be flexible, but like Gav said, I, I would just be surprised if they... Know if they were to go to a back three. Um, I mean, I know Gerard, I, I think Andy will probably connect. I think Gerard's only tried it once or twice in his whole. Marlowe, he's second or third away game. He's first yeah, that, that three three draw, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it didn't work. So, again, I'm totally in favour of having different formations and being flexible. All the best teams in the world can, can do that. But, no, given the success that they've had with the, with the system, no, given the how well drilled the players have been in that system, and then going out and kind of carrying it out, and obviously winning that title, I would just be, I'd be surprised. I think it's a possibility. No, he's obviously got plenty of centre backs there. We've spoke before on here about 
who might leave and having to ship one or two out. I mean, he's got plenty of options. You know, if he did want to go to a back three, he won't be short of, short of bodies. But it's it's difficult. I mean, you, know, you need to be well-drilled in a, in a back three as well. You need to have guys on the other side that are comfortable. You know, would a Hollander or a, a Jack Simpson be comfortable in that in that back three, you know, getting pulled into wide areas? I mean, there's loads of different different questions to be asked when you change to a, a back three. Listen, I, w- I would like to see them try it. I'd like to see how it would work. I agree with Andy. No, that, that could be a possibility. Tavernier at right centre-back, Patterson at right wing-back. You see it working with England, Kyle Walker. Um, we want to head him, no Trippy or, or whoever. So, I mean, it can work. But again, no, you need to be need to be well drilled in it. We've not really seen Rangers uh, try it too many times. And we're going into a new season. I'd be surprised if they if they experimented like because as Gav says, there's risk involved. If it doesn't work, no questions will be asked, and it can be a dangerous game. Yeah. Well, Andy, what about? Um... <clears throat> The Conor Goldson situation still sort of remains unresolved. This, I mean, there was reports I saw earlier in the week there that you know the club are relaxed about it and would rather just keep them and happy. It doesn't seem to make business sense. How do you see it panning out? Um, I mean, if he's not signing a new deal, what would you do? Would you would you just take the money now because you need to try and cash in, or or do you just let them run it down and risk losing them for nothing? Or what do you I think? Mean, you know, and, I mean. Realistic, what is Conor Goldson's real sale value going to be? Is I mean, is it? I mean, you're going to get ten million quid from it. I, I don't I mean, think so. You, that would, you would maybe get eight, wouldn't you? You would get eight for oh, I can of no. I don't know. I mean, what did after he the season, what, after the season he had last season and the, the the money that swirled around in England? I mean, that's not much for. Well, look, um, Chris Ayer's going to Brentford for for thirteen and a half million with the same amount of time left in his contract. Yeah, so. I, they're different players, and I think the reason why Chris and I is attracting that, and let's be honest, Celtic have got, I wrote this last week, Celtic have got a, a track record of selling players for, for yeah. a fee, and I think that clubs are aware of that when they come to buy players from Celtic, you know, there's a, a going rate essentially, and Rangers haven't established that yet. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't really cashed in any of their big players. Um, He's a young international player who's going to sell on value. Gav, he, can ball, he can take the ball into midfield. He's got other aspects like Goldson. look at him and think if he does well in the Premier League, we can sell him to a bigger club for, for yeah. double that money. No, I'm not saying he will, but that no, would no, be. But I'm saying, even, even, let's even just say you said half, right? I'm just, just for argument's sake, if you're just saying, well, you would get half of that, um, you know. It's still, it's still six and a half, seven million or, or, or whatever it is. No, mm-hmm. Even if it was a high-end championship club, I mean, that's not a lot of money for, for, no, for no. them. So, you know, the point is, what do Rangers do? do? Do they take whatever they can get, whether it's seven, eight, whatever, or do you, do you, do you happily let him go for free if he's not willing to sign Just a deal? Think more, I mean, if, if, if Conor Goldson helps him get in the Champions League, that's, you know, 30 million quid. If you keep him from this season and you win the league again, that's guaranteed thirty million pounds because you're straight into the group stages next season. The potential from what he can help you achieve is going to be more, right. you know, seven or eight million pounds in terms of a, a, a transfer fee, and then having to you know risk you know putting your faith in a, a you know a Jack Simpson or, or somebody yeah. else. So um, 
I, I just think you know the potential rewards of keeping them outweigh the the rewards of, of letting them go at this stage. Right. So you, you just keep them. You keep them regardless. Yeah, I, I agree with Andy, but I think if they if they do decide to do that, and that's how it pans out. Then, as we've spoken about a million times, they will need to offload others because they yeah. need. To, well, I think they need to sell somebody. I would suggest, um, even if they do get into the Champions League. I mean, when Dave King spoke at the at the AGM, and others have said the same mm-hmm. about, about the need for for player trading uh, this summer. I mean, I, I think that still stands. I don't see. I, I appreciate, you know, the financial rewards that come with getting to Champions League group stages, but I think they would still be looking to sell on one of their assets when they've got well, real... big as well. I mean, that's something that needs to be addressed. I mean, it's you know, I think they're up to 28, 29 first team players at the minute, so I mean, yeah. that that needs thinned out. You know, I mean, I think Kamara, I think Kamara is the, the standout candidate to go. He's he's yeah. had a very good Euros. He's mm-hmm. been in the public eye. He's had a, they've got cover in central midfield. They brought in. Uh, John Lundstrom um, they've got Ryan Jack hopefully coming back soon um, there's also talk of Joey Veerman coming in so that gives you another sort of ball playing option if, if he can come in if they can strike a deal with, with Hernbein for him so mm-hmm. um, I think it's all I mean, and, and I think they can cope without Kamara with respect to him I think you know losing a Ryan Kent or a, a Fredo Morelos it's a bigger upheaval to the way that they play, the way that they have played, than, than losing Kamara. Um, that, that's no, certainly no dis- disrespect to, to Glenn Kamara because he's been fantastic servant, but I just think they've got a lot of guys who can do similar sort of types to him. And if they can get a Veerman in, then that's, that's another another body as well. But, um, you know, I think, yeah, definitely. I think, I think speaking to people at the club, I think for their own point of view, for their own peace of mind, the club would like to sell somebody this summer. And just prove to themselves that they can yeah. are capable of doing that. That they are capable of cashing in an asset. I mean, as you say, it's been. I mean, when when do you, when do you, Rangers last big sort of major sale? I mean, are we, are we going back to Alan Hutton? I mean, is that is that last time Rangers cashed in for, for serious money? What did Jelovic go for? Oh, I don't know. Would Jelovic now? Was that? Mm-hmm. Thing is, they paid money. They paid good money for Jelovic. Maybe paid yeah. for, sold him for eight something like that, which mm-hmm. is decent. Return, yeah. no, no, so profit like it was. No, 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 we're talking a long time, aren't we? We're talking a long, long time. You know, since since they made money. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You know, whether it's Queller or Hutton or whoever, you're talking. They, you're talking a long time. They need to. That that's that's mm. the model. Whether no, whether fans like it or no, that that has to be the model for Rangers, mm. Celtic. Same way as you no know, other leagues, for even big clubs like Ajax and stuff like that. that that's how you operate. Mm. Uh, that's how you continue to, to progress and. Rangers have obviously been through their problems. There are a multitude of reasons why that hasn't really happened for Rangers, but they're now back at the point where it where it can happen because they have got assets who they signed for no a kind of small amount and can now can now command command big fees. No Kamara, Morelos, Barisic, people like that. I think would all come into that come into that category. So I think. 
we've said it so much on here. I think at least one player surely has to be moved on for a profit, as Andy says. They can almost just kind of put that out there that no Rangers are back. No, we've got my recruitment policy yeah. sorted, and we won't accept you no know, paltry fees anymore. We've got top level players you know, like Kamara going to the Euros and playing well and stuff. But they need to they need to show that by getting by getting serious money in. Yeah, well, Real Madrid are in town on Sunday, so maybe Carlo Ancelotti will wave his checkbook because I don't think uh, I don't think they struggle for cash, do they? So maybe they can uh, throw a few quid about and take somebody. Uh, and then Brighton on Saturday, Real Madrid on Sunday. So we'll be back next week. So thanks for your time, guys. We'll be back next week to pour over those games. Uh, in the meantime, if if you want to get in touch with them, the boys have discussed today, you can get. Um, Scott on Twitter or at Scott McDA and Andy, have you changed your Twitter handle now that you've joined it? Enough. Reflects the reflects the new club, so it's Andy Newport Dr. Andy Newport Dr. At Andy Newport Dr. So you can get in touch with Andy as well. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for joining us today. Cheers, Gav. Enjoy the games at the weekend, Please. and we'll speak to you next week. Bye.